Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Richard Bliss. And today's episode is an interesting one because oftentimes I talk to project creators who have been doing this for a long time. I talk to people who have found multiple means of success as they have launched their Kickstarter campaign. But every once in a while, it's nice to receive an inquiry, in this case, a request to appear on the show because somebody failed so spectacularly that they wanted to share their experience. And so I'm joined by Fabio Redivo, who had a Kickstarter project uh, go live recently. And on the moment he, he, he'll tell the story, but the moment he launched it, he suddenly realized that maybe he didn't prepare as well as he had, should have. And so I've asked him on the show to kind of talk about that experience. Fabio, thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. It is. It's exciting to be here because it's not very often that somebody is willing to come forward and say, man, I made some big mistakes. <laughs> and that's kind of how you reached out to me, isn't it? That's true. Uh, and I think uh, I wanted uh, even to do that because a lot of my research uh, after my, my campaign uh, was really that you hear a lot about successful stories. You hear a lot about what to do to be successful, but it's very hard to hear what doesn't go, you know, right and how people really, really fail. They talk about, oh, I failed, but how did you fail? And uh, I wanted to kind of share my experience so nobody fails as bad as I did. <laughs> That's a great way of thinking <laughs> about it. Now, let's talk about your background a little bit because you have uh, incredible, and I'm speaking from having witnessed it, you have some incredible talent and skill when it comes as an artist, because you have a background, I think you were telling me, in your currently graphic design, but in illustration and the comic book industry, right? That's correct. I, uh, that's even what made me move from Brazil to USA to go study uh, comic book art. I worked in the industry for about like seven to eight years, uh, just doing a little bit of everything with all the kind of companies you can think of. And so that's where, you know, really my background in the artwork. And I still, you know, draw, never stop, uh, uh, even after I, I got into graphic design. Yeah. And what's interesting, though, is that your Kickstarter had nothing. Well, it did a little bit, but you decided you got to tell me how, why you made the decision that you were going to launch a Kickstarter, not around graphic art, but around a card game. What made the decision for you to launch a Kickstarter campaign around a card game? Well, I think. Uh, two things. One, I was getting into drawing pixel art uh, uh, last year, and you know, quickly, uh, I actually got some momentum with that uh, uh, in, in social media, uh, in my Instagram account. Uh, and I was almost like thinking about uh, ways to put that artwork out there that doesn't involve making prints or making T-shirts. And you know, being a gamer myself, like I play card games, I play board games. Uh, uh, in my in my life, uh, that's really when you know I almost had uh, what I call like the aha moment. That is not so aha anymore, but I was like, man, I can draw this into a card game uh, um, and hopefully you know try to make something out of it. I haven't seen it anything like uh, 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 the style pixel work I was doing into any card game at all. Uh, so I thought you know I had some kind of hook uh, uh, in in that idea, um, but you know, it's one of the things we can talk about. I think that was where the game ended, and the focus was also just pure making artwork. 
You know, that's because that's an interesting thing is that so many of my guests who are in the board game industry come on the show and they talk about how the biggest challenge, they have a game, but the biggest challenge is finding somebody or finding a way to get the art into the game. In your case, you had the Mm -hmm. art and thought, well, I'll just, the art will carry this and I'll make myself a game to support the art. That's a very interesting, I I have to admit, I hadn't heard about that one before where somebody's coming in from the other direction. And you have, and you do have some great art. Um, we'll talk about uh, how people can find that at the uh, at the end of the show. Um, well, actually, if you're listening, Fabio is F A B I O, and then you spell spell your last name. So R E D I V O, Redivo. Redivo. So Fabio Redivo dot wordpress dot com is a place you can go see Fabio's artwork, which is where I've seen it. And he's got some other portfolios, but that's one place that you can immediately go look and see the talent that he has in the comic book industry. So you've got this art, you decided you're going to make this game. And let's talk about, you've got some, what you've done is we're going to go over um, this time. We have 10 points of how you screwed up this campaign, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to go over the first five. So let's talk about those five as a quick outline, I think what you've identified are, um, I call it false first steps. Number two was not having the crowd for crowdfunding. Number three was not being involved with social media and the game community. And number four was, as you said, at BGG, what? And then not having <laughs> backed any projects. Let's talk about those five. Are you, are you comfortable talking about those five? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's start with, Okay, you've made this decision, you've got this great artwork, and you're going to make a game. And so the first thing you talked about was, um, a quick one, is what we call the false first steps. What do you mean by false first steps? So um, it's even uh, something that I I got the term from uh, another um, podcast that I listened that has nothing to do with game boards in in, uh, Minimalism by um, uh, Anthony Angaro. He has a, a podcast called Break the Twitch. Uh, and he mentioned that and was like, oh, man, this is so me. This is so what happened to me. It's that uh, false sense of accomplishment by doing things that are not goal-driven. Uh, and it's just almost like a chore, like it's something you have to do. And, it, it, and I mean by, you know, creating a domain name or opening your, your LLC company because you have to do those things to, uh, uh, to be on Kickstarter. You have to be a business. You have to be a, a business uh, bank account. So when you do those things, you just feel so accomplished. Like, oh, look at me. I have a company. I have a bank account. My domain name is the same as my name company. You know, you just feel like, ah, oh, you know, where's the money coming in in my account? Um, but they're fake. They're false uh, steps because they're chores. Like, you have to do those things. But that has nothing to do with your business. It has to do with the goal uh, that you're trying to achieve, which is raise money for a game or whatever it is that you're trying to do. And I think the lesson is that, like, it's better for you to be your business before you have to do those things and leave those steps uh, uh, to the last possible minute when you, you know, have to go on Kickstarter and put your bank account. Then you open a bank account, but you brought already all your audience. You did all your playtesting. You did everything you needed to do to that point. And I did the opposite, right? I had this, uh, uh, my company, I had the, the name, I have all that. And I felt so accomplished, but it really didn't accomplish anything. You know, and you see that a lot. You see people who go out and you're right, get the branding, get their logo, get all of those things that are necessary before they actually have sat down and, and drive the business. And then three three years later, they still they have all the business, but they still haven't driven any type of revenue for that justified that activity early on. Now, there's going to be some listeners who might disagree with that, but I, 
and I've heard some who have told me, hey, I'm launching my Kickstarter on Friday. And it's like, well, in the early days, did you set up a bank account? No. Do I need to do that? Y- yeah, actually, <laughs> you do need to do that. But you bring up a very valid point that it's not one of – it's what I would call – it's not on the critical path for the successfully delivery or creation or funding of your project. It's just kind of one of those background – it's like signing up and getting a Kickstarter account. Okay, I signed up and got a Kickstarter account. Did that make me any closer – to being successful with a board game or a card game or a project, but a very valid point. Okay. Exactly, because it doesn't, it doesn't give you any, any advantage. Everybody who is uh, on Kickstarter right now has a bank account, has an LLC or some kind of company, you know, like it, it's not an advantage, it's, it's a requirement. Yeah, okay. Now, number two, this one was an interesting one and I've talked about it a lot, so go ahead, identify number two. So not having the crowd. <laughs> Uh, uh, for the crowdfunding, and exactly, uh, I, I almost want to like write in neon letters, you know, the crowdfunding, your problem is not the funding, is the crowd, and yes. that's exactly what happened, and I think uh, where I, I failed there was to have that old idea of Kickstarter, right, I thought Kickstarter would be my marketing tool to attract the people to it, and, and it's really not, I think maybe, you know, again, like eight years ago, uh, it used to be that way. You you tell people, oh, I have a Kickstarter page, and people will go there and, and check it out. You could use that as your marketing tool. But nowadays, it's not. It's just that means for the people to get what they want that they already want to get. <laughs> they go there because they already know who you are. They already know your game, and they go there to get that thing, and you're not really uh, using that as their marketing. Actually, a few groups on Facebook that now, now I'm part of, um, they they make so much fun of like they do those those little memes of you know some fun pictures saying you know oh have I have you heard of my Kickstarter page um, and right and I think that was a big thing for me I I thought I could attract the people um, and I had uh, an Instagram account with my pixel work I had like 600 followers at the time and I thought ah oh, you know maybe maybe I'll get uh, uh, like 200 of them to to go check it out and it wasn't even close. You know, that, and that brings up an interesting point. One thing that you were telling me is I'm interested in is how you, because you had not kind of done the research and we've talked about that. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll bring it up. Let's go to point number three, because I'm going to ask you about this resource, finding the show and that type of thing. But point number three um, starts to kind of talk about that uh, because you're talking about the kind of the social media activity and, and let's, let's talk about that one. Yeah. So, the, you know, what I call the three is uh, the not being involved. Uh, and first, mostly uh, uh, on my private side, I'm, I'm, you know, even though I do work in a digital agency where uh, a lot of our marketing uh, uh, pushes this through social, um, as, a, as a, a, a private person, I, I never um, uh, really participated in, in groups or forums or being on Facebook. I actually uh, um, left Facebook. It was still there in my account, but I didn't check for a good couple of years. Um, it was just sitting there. Um, and, you know, again, it was just, you know, like me, um, not getting involved, just, you know, minding my own business in a way. Uh, and I kind of felt that really hurt the business. And I think a lot of things, you even said that at some point that there's a difference between participating in social media as a, as a business and as a person. And I really didn't have uh, uh, that view. So, what happened when I tried to then promote my game in um, Facebook, 
uh, even though I had like whatever 300 friends there, I would have 17 organic views because Facebook really penalized me for not being there uh, for a long time. And it's just, you know, people, if they're not talking about you, they, they don't know who you are in those channels because that's where the gamers are. And I understand that now um, the chances are they're, they're not going to take you as a serious uh, uh, player in the industry. And that brings up the fact that then when you launched your, you were telling me when you launched your Kickstarter campaign, uh, which was called, again, uh, uh, what was the name of the cam- campaign? Pixels Royale. Pixels Royale. Yeah. When you launched that campaign, you said actually somebody reached out to you that day and gave you some advice. You want to share that story? Yeah, which is incredible uh, uh, that the power that Kickstarter has on the people who are in there, right? Uh, I think I put my analytics in, in my page, and, and that first day I got like 600 unique visitors going to my page. I don't think anybody converted. Uh, but this one guy from Sweden, uh, um, I'm not going to name him because I never got the, the okay for for tell his name, but he was unbelievably amazing to me. Um, he looked at my page. He sent me a note saying, listen, I saw your game. It looks fantastic. You have you know very good potential on the artwork. But, and then he wrote at least 15 items of what was wrong with the campaign, what was wrong with, uh, the game itself, or how it's uh, presenting the game. And in the end, of those 15 items, and every single one, he was absolutely correct. Um, he put, you should do, you know, some research, and here are some great uh, resources. And he mentioned your podcast and uh, the Stunmeyer website with their blog. Um, and that was it. I, at that moment, you know, maybe like an hour uh, into uh, my campaign, I knew that, you know what? I'm. I should just cancel and because I I saw the light. I saw that uh, uh, my <laughs> idea it, it was pretty 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 bad. Yeah. At that point, you're like, uh oh. I I I right. I might have made a mistake <laughs> here. Right. And so then. Yeah. Uh, which is a great story, and I always appreciate the fans who are listening. And so, a quick shout out to that fan who uh, who made that recommendation. The fact that the show's been around for eight years and continues to provide content that is relevant today always is amazing to me. And I'm always grateful when I hear those kind of stories that people are continuing to find that. You then got told about some resources, but the one of them is is the next point, and that is point number four: uh, board game geek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think again, mostly because all my all my game playing is, um, you know, again, I'm you know very private. I buy the games, I buy the games on Amazon. Uh, I'm not very involved in, uh, you know, the internet community. So I I confess that I have never heard <laughs> of Board Game Geek to that minute. And one of his questions was, uh, you know, on the 15 bullet point he gave me, one of this was why is your game not on, on Board Game Geek? And I'm like, Board Game what? And I say, what is this? And then, of course, immediately I went there. I'm like, oh, so here's where all the people are. Um, and it was, again, I think that was the biggest, like, aha moment to to know that my campaign was just really going to uh, fail um, and that I was so off the loop with with that idea that, you know, oh, if I don't participate in the internet, um, I'm, I'll still be okay with my business. Um, and uh, it was kind of intimidating because, you know, uh, boarding uh, is pretty extensive. And again, like I made my little profile 
And it's just my little name, right? I don't even have an, an avatar because you have to buy and you have to get the gold and how to get the gold. And like, and then you see all these people, like, tons of little badges. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm never going to, uh, you know, by the time my campaign is over, I'm never going to reach these people. So, uh, but it was amazing to to know. And I think I still need to learn to be on BGG. Uh, uh, it's very complicated to me, you know, for like a, a, a brand new guy coming in, how what? to comment, how to post, how to find things. No, no, um, uh, Fabio, Fabio, you, no, it's complicated for everybody. Uh, you don't have to be, you don't have to be concerned about that. And, uh, and everybody love, there's a love hate relationship with BGG because of, uh, the convoluted nature of its system. Um, but there's such a wealth of information and knowledge there. So don't, don't be beating yourself up about that. Okay. One. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing when you find the information, like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And you see demos and you see videos and the people talking like, but yeah, to get there, I thought it was just, you know, my, my curve of learning, almost like you have to learn a new software, right? Like yeah. I have to learn how to, to interact with the site. And, and that brings up the last one uh, that we're going to talk about today, uh, because you've got 10 here, but we've only been able to get through five in the, in the amount of time that we have. And we'll, what we'll do is we'll do a follow-up episode to go over the last five. But, the, but number five is kind of that um, learning to participate in the community itself, not through social media, but through the Kickstarter itself. And that's what you brought up about the fact that you always bought on Amazon and you really hadn't been on Kickstarter before. That's true. And and every time I ended up going to Kickstarter was I don't like to write it down. Like I would see like a cool game, especially the card game is really uh, uh, where I, I buy most of my games and I would see something cool. I honestly would write it down and uh, I have a little list that will happen if I stumble upon that game back on Amazon. It's like, oh, I remember this and I would buy it. But I never interacted with the Kickstarter. I don't know why the reason, you know, uh, uh, I guess mostly I, I like a discount from Amazon, I guess. Um, and quickly I, I saw that. I understood that the, the Kickstarter is not just uh, a way for you to, again, to reach your or your, your audience, but it is an audience on itself. And it's a very nice, tight group of people that just help each other. So many people now that I follow uh, in there and start following me, and you just get those alerts. I'm like, this guy bought this other guy's game and this company bought this other company's game. And they just really help each other. And it's really amazing to see that. And I probably had like two or three projects that I backed and it were maybe in the um, um, uh, uh, comic book uh, realm. wasn't even on, on the, the board game or any card game. And that was uh, another lesson learned. I, one of the points that that person told me was like, why you you know never backed any game on Kickstarter? Did you have another account? Because I think I, uh, some people do yes, that. I'm like, yes, oh, they uh, do. Right? Like, no, I just really didn't do that. I I got my games from from you know internet, uh, online on Amazon, especially. So uh, quickly, I am re uh, 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 fixing this. And to be honest with you, it's been absolutely amazing. Uh, go every Tuesday on Kickstarter now and read about the campaigns and, and helping some people and backing some people and getting some thank you back. It's just being uh, uh, so eye-opening. And, and again, this it's such a small community, but everybody just helps each other. It's really, really uh, rewarding. Well, and, and you have become part of that community and offering the help that you have with these first five points. Uh, we have five more that we're going to cover about your campaign itself inside the campaign and some of the things that you uh, kind of did wrong. And let's tell you what, let's, can we come back to another episode and go over those last five? Yeah, let's do that. 
You've been listening to uh, Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Fabio Redivo. Fabio launched a campaign and realized immediately that he had made some incredible blunders and mistakes with that and decided he wanted to share those experiences. And so he's come on the show. We're going to have him back to talk about the other five things inside his campaign that he realized that he got wrong. I certainly appreciate the uh, the willingness on his part to share what he has learned because so many of you reach out to me and talk about how this show and the guests that I've had on the show have been such an impact and resource for you. And I'm very appreciative of that and guests like Fabio. You can find more of his information at his uh, website where he's talking about this experience, wagastudio.com. That's W-A-G-G-A studio.com. You can also find his some of his artwork, which is pretty cool, uh, Fabio Redivo. Dot wordpress.com is where you can go find and uh, we're going to have him back and talk more about this I also want to say thank you for those who have posted reviews on iTunes for the show it always is appreciative the comments that you leave out there um, as the show has come back uh, more of you have stepped up and, and done that I certainly appreciate that if you're listening you have a moment please go out and uh, post a review it's always nice to hear if, uh, if I'm getting it right or if I'm getting it wrong. And so those are always good things to say. And then I want to thank Third Place Games. This is a shout-out to one of our latest pa- Patreon backers for being a backer and helping make financially the show possible. So thank you very much to them. You've been listening to Funding the Dream. I'm your host, Richard Bliss. Thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs>